sprawling on my hands and knees for quite a while, <laughs> straight up. Um, hairy spots thinking that the, you know, the, the land was like, you know, got to slide on us a little bit, you know, like give away. But we all made it. And then, but at one point, uh, Luby, Tim went up one spot and a pretty good boulder gave way. Uh, he's, you know, scraped against his, uh, his knee and everything, his shin, and he got a little bit of a gash. Next thing you know, John Sasso had like a triage unit set up, like within seconds. <laughs> like he's working out. I was like very impressed. John Sasso is like the ultimate one of the ultimate hikers to me. That guy's a uh, pretty incredible dude. And uh, I think that surprised Luby. We were pretty far in. Thankfully, uh, you know, it wasn't too serious. Uh, it was a little scary, you know, because uh, it's just a big rock that Tim just happened to step on and just gave away. So this goes to show you uh, things can go awry real quick out there. The bushwhacks were some of uh, the worst days I've ever had in the mountains, or life, really. And I tell people all the time, never underestimate the Catskills. You, know, you can't underestimate them. Why the Catskills is such a great place for trout. It is really the development of New York State. Catskills are responsible. Yeah. Now you're listening to Inside the Line, the Catskills. How's it going, John? Hey, Stash. What's up, buddy? So this was crazy cold outside the previous couple of days. Well, it was actually last week. Yeah. Last week. Yeah. Today was warm out here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was like 40 degrees. What was it? Uh, What was it when it uh, was cold outside at, in Socrates? What, today? No, no. The When we had that amazing cold front. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was pretty chilly. Yeah. What do you what do you think the temperature was? Um, well, we had five below here, and I'm sure it was a lot colder up your house. A half hour ride up in Tannersville is probably you know fifteen twenty below. Nice, nice, yeah. and then the wind chills, which is even better. Yeah, oh, I was thinking about uh, hunter, you know, hunter mountain fire tower, but I didn't go. That would have been fantastic. I would have loved it. You know me and that that extreme weather stuff. Oh, I know. You like it just as much as me, maybe more. More, I would have to say. Yeah, I just I stayed I I stayed home because I had to work, but I also went out and felt it, you know, tested the gear and make uh, sure everything was good. Yeah, yeah. I did a, you know, I walked the dog. We walked the dog around town. He he loves the cold. He doesn't mind it at all. It's always good to get out and test the gear and everything. It's nice uh, going out in real cold weather and being comfortable. As you know, it's. It's a good feeling, that's for sure. <laughs> and it's also good uh a good feeling to test out your uh gear so you can like make sure that you're you're prepared for those instances. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. You don't want to go up and all of a sudden you get caught in one of those windstorms and then you're freaking freezing your butt off. Exactly. You better be overdressed and have more stuff than you need. Because you Correct. never know. Correct. So uh what about some some hockey talk, buddy? How's your uh devils doing? Devils are doing pretty good. A lot better than last year. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I remember we had the Devils, of course. You know, we had the Be- Devils in Binghamton, so I got to see some of these guys uh, move yeah. up to to the new thing. So. Yeah. No, they got a nice young team. I think you know we'll see. Yeah. You know, it's been a while. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, when was it? Uh, was it like ninety ninety four? Was that when they they won with Brodeur? Uh, well, yeah, they had a, a good run with Burdor, you know, and actually I got to go see some of the cup games over the years when he, we were playing and everything. But yeah, has, it's been a while, been probably over like 15 years or more. So my, I know my son was pretty young where we were going. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think the things are looking good. Must be nice. But it's, uh, <laughs> like, always got the Bruins to contend with. Yeah, there's Bruins. I mean, I mean, I'm an Ottawa Senators fan, and that just yeah. uh, nice. no, it's oh. not nice. How are they doing this year? Eh, not They're good. not that bad. They're not <laughs> that bad, right? No. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not. I, I mean, they're they're not in last place. Let's just say that. How about that? Right. They're not the yeah. Buffalo Sabers. <laughs> Are they like in a playoff contention? You know, somewhat. You know, in that realm or what? No, they're 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 just they're they're kind of four spots out of the wild card. Okay, but there's still a ways to go. It's a long yes. season. Yeah, I think they still got how many games did they play? Is it eighty or fifty or sixty? I thought it was like uh, eighty-two games or so they played or something like that. Yeah, it's quite quite a few actually. Yeah, so it's still thirty games. So they do, they do have a somewhat of a chance. They're not they're not dead last. I think it looks like they're they're eight points out of the wild card. So that's not no, bad. No, not bad at all. The Devils are second place in the Metropolitan, which is good. They're freaking ripping it. Wow. Yeah, they're doing pretty good. They had a they start off real good, but then you know uh, even Boston was even better. Yeah, Boston's uh, they're tough. Yep, they're number yeah. one. Atlanta, yeah. nice. Yeah, they're up there. Carolina Hurricanes are really good. I don't keep yep. track of the West too much. Yeah, same. The Carolina, yeah, Carolina's killing it right now. They're in first yeah. place. So. Yeah. Some good stuff. So, John, I got a question for you. Shoot, buddy. So, where do you think in the United States the most SAR missions come from? Uh, California. Very close. Very close. So, number one is the Grand Canyon. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, 785 SAR rescues in, I think it was 2018 to 2020. Wow. Yeah. Second place is Yosemite. Mm-hmm. So these, all these popular places. Yeah, I was going to where the masses are, right, yep. Yeah, and third place is Sequoia. Um, okay. No East Coast places are in the top 10, so I'm guessing right behind in the top 10 is the Whites. I know. The whites are up there. Yeah, because particularly because they're, you know, fairly dangerous and high, you know. Correct. Um, Adirondacks, is, how does that, I mean, compared to state parks, I mean, we're pretty small over here, though, right? Considering, yeah, for sure, probably, right? Yeah, um, the Adirondacks get a lot more because of the exposure. Mm-hmm. Plus New York City, of course. <laughs> right. Yep. Yeah, but, but uh, Catskills are, they're beaming. Oh my God, they're they're I don't even think they're in the like top one hundred. You know what? I think the funny thing is, is like the Smoky Mountains, of course, are are up there. Yep. Uh, on the East Coast, it's it's very rare to have have places 
I mean, the national parks, of course, white, I don't think the whites are whites national park. No, no, I don't think so. Okay. So I wonder if I can like look up information to see just any sort of hiking places in general, because I guarantee like Yosemite and, and Grand Canyon and stuff. I trump the, the, all the other areas, but you know, right. these areas got to be close. I know the Catskills don't get much. They, they don't get much. No, but it is getting busier around here. That's for sure. It, it is. It definitely yeah. is. Yeah. But hopefully, you know, people are just more careful. You know, yeah. in general, I mean, certain areas are a lot more dangerous than others. Black Clove, Catterskill Clove. But, you know, and then you have the Devil's Path. But all in all, the hiking trails are, you know, fairly, fairly easy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's the places where the icy and the, the unexpected where people are not right. prepared. Yep. Yeah. Got to be prepared out there. It's no one right now. And I hear that trails are pretty darn icy out there right now. Ice, 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 baby. Yeah. That's what it is. <laughs> Got to break out the bowers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, skate down that. You'll fly down Do that. Cross, uh, cross ice. And break There's Philip you. Vondra's records. <laughs> <laughs> that psycho. He's crazy, isn't he? Have you, do you know? Uh, have you seen his stuff? I don't know if you could, be, you could never be him even with skates. The guy yeah. must, he just like levitates. It seriously feel like he just flies up and down the, the curve. It's, it's insane. Most- must be nice to be superhuman. And not have pain, yeah. <laughs> That's what it is. My knee's coming down. I'm just like, ah. He's uh, like hitting the top of my head and floating over. <laughs> Man. See, there he goes. Bye-bye. He's yeah. on the next mountaintop already. Yeah. yeah. I hear you with the knees. Yeah. All right. So welcome to episode 64 of Inside the Line of Catskills. I have my friend John Fellows here today. Uh, John is a longtime hiker in the Catskills. He is a crazy off-trail adventurer. Um, I'm ready. I've always wanted to hear some of his stories. I've only hiked with him like once or twice, so I didn't really get to hear those amazing stories of what John has to say. So he's here to tell his stories uh, about his crazy off-adventures, off-trail adventures. So welcome to the show. Thank you, Sash. Glad to be here, buddy. Can't wait to talk, buddy. So um, also, thank you to the monthly supporters, Darren White, Vicky Ferrer, John Comiskey, Jim C., Michael Bongner, David Mead, Matt Smith, and Sharon Klein. Also, a big thank you to Outdoor Chronicles Photography for being sponsored of the show. Molly from Outdoor Chronicles Photography specializes in adventure elopement and adventure couple photography in the Catskills, Adirondacks, and the White Mountains. Don't forget your pets, though. They are just as important. She is also an officiant for getting married and a licensed guide, so don't hesitate. Get a hold of Molly on all platforms. Um, I just had, sorry, give me one sec. I just had some coffees here. Someone donated some coffees. Give me, sorry about that, John. Seriously. No coffee's prime. Well, yeah, yeah, it's, it's yeah, prime. Yeah. So Denise Weiss, uh, thank you for the three coffees. It was just today, so I just got that on there. Thank you very much for the coffees. Really appreciate it. John, what are you having to drink tonight, buddy? Oh, sleepy time tea. <laughs> nice. <laughs> all right, all right. I got some of that at my house. Uh, you're not, yeah. you're not going to pass out during this, are you? No, no, I have a hard time falling asleep, actually. Oh, that's that's thanks. Yeah, same. I used yeah, to be an insomniac. My brain's hard to turn off sometimes. Yeah, it's hard to get that's... work out of my head. Oh, that's why yeah, I'm yeah. going to get out on trail more often, way more often. 
clears your yeah. brain, man. It, it washes your your brain out to to nothing but the the nature. Yeah, I'm hoping to get out this Sunday. Yeah, sure, somewhere, sure, bushwhacking for the Super Bowl. Good point. The Super Bowl is this Saturday. I got. Yeah, let me know what you're doing. Yeah, no, I'm just gonna hang home and watch the game with my wife. We used to have a big Super Bowl party, but not no more. No, getting too old nope. for that stuff. <laughs> yeah. I'm having a good old Jack Daniels honey and Coke. Oh, yeah, nice. Nothing nice. too crazy. Nothing too crazy. No, I know. I probably should have put something in my little sleepy time, too, that even maybe a little shot of Jägermeister would have been nice. <laughs> Made it even sleepier. <laughs> Might have to hit that up afterwards. <laughs> Definitely. Um, so, uh, John, uh, you been on any previous hikes in the past couple of weeks? Not too much in the past couple of weeks, actually, Stash, because my knee's been bothering me. So I, I got a shot of cortisone. But I, you know, I, but, but, you know, I did a little hike there with Jim and, and Margaret Bowden. We went over, uh, you know, started over by Slide Mountain and went over Hemlock, Spruce, and Fur down in my friend's house a few weeks little. ago. Um, that was nice. That was the first time I ever been on, you know, Hemlock and Spruce. I go up Fur quite a bit. Um, that was a nice, nice hike. It was I was always wanting to do that. You know, I wish there was a little bit more snow, of course, and never really just carried the snowshoes the whole way. So, and and um, and then went down to the Black Chasm just uh, like a week or so ago with Maddie Lonergan. That's always a real treat, as you know. Oh yeah, I love that place. And you know, it was like first time I ever really been down there during below the falls during the winter. Uh, been down there during the summer quite a bit, which is really nice on a hot hot summer day. Heck yeah. But it's really experience to go down there in the wintertime. Was as much ice as normal just because it's been so warm, but there was still quite a bit. Yeah, that's for sure. Was it scary? Um, There was, you know, getting down there is a, not so bad. I mean, we used a rope in this one spot just to be safe. We had snowshoes actually the whole time, um, which was oh, well. pretty nice. Yeah, just enough. But, but we used a rope in a little spot, and then we got down there, took some pictures. And uh, getting up is really, it's not really that bad. Just got to be careful. Yeah. We went, went up above the falls, hung out, took some pictures. Last time I was there during the summertime, I found a big tarp which someone had set up there, and they just left it there. So I packed that all up and took it out. and. <laughs> Actually, use it over top of my wood pile. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was like uh, a 20 by 20 tarp. So, you know, that thing's probably like 60 bucks. So I was like, hey, I'm taking this baby with me. I don't care. That's so a good I idea, man. And grabbed it. So, you know, yeah. But that's wow. a really great spot. I don't know. I, you've been there, right, Stash, down to the Black Housing? I have been by it, but I haven't gone up it. So yeah. gonna have to, we're going to have to do that sometime. Yeah. Yeah, whenever you want to go, just let me know. Of course, absolutely. Yeah. So that's like probably one, you know, because I live fairly close by. That's probably like one of my favorite, like little go-to hikes because it's a lot of bang for your buck. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of go-to hikes, you know, this previous what yesterday I went up by Friends Mountain, uh, just in Oneana, and uh, it was a bushwhack. Like one hundred percent of the time, I just wanted to check. I've seen these ledges from from the highway, and I'm just like, I want right. to check these out. Yeah. So I got to I got to at least go check those out. There wasn't that much views, but I got to see a lot of awesome wildlife, you know, oh, tracks. 
bobcats, yeah. coyotes, foxes, deer, rabbits, man, everything. Yeah, well, there's some good, you know, there's a lot of land out by you, sprawling acres, and I'm sure there's quite a bit of wildlife out there. Yeah, yeah. but it's all, it's all private property, though. That's what stinks. Oh, yeah. A lot of the big mountains that are open, like the big hills, sorry, the big hills that are open are all private property. So. Yeah, farmlands and stuff, yep. You're yes, right. so it's it stinks. But, I mean, speaking of that, like, a good thing is my friend Alex wanted me to talk about this. Uh, I hiked all this summer with my friend Alex, and I hiked last summer. He did the Oxigo Octet. I think it was the summer, fall, and the winter with me. So, Alex, uh, thanks for being a good friend and hiking with me. But just like uh, we were hiking, it's important to get out to your local places and to show the the rangers and, and the DEC and, and stuff, whoever owns that, that those trails are being used and they can be maintained and they're actually, you know, need to be maintained so uh it was good times supporting local uh businesses while going around plus you know getting those local hikes uh that are fairly easy and and fairly quick you know you can do two or three up here in one day right sometimes those forgotten trails are the true gems of the catskills yep walking through those hemlocks and everything exactly yes very nice yeah so he he was a cool he was fun to hike with uh i i still hike with him a lot he did the fire tower challenge he killed it you know a lot of people he took a lot of different routes that a lot of normal people don't take like we went up the willow creek trail to tremper and he enjoyed that a lot you're right that's a nice trail that's a that's beautiful nice, trail like a, a little forgot forgotten trail up in there you can go to right? carl mountain and go up the back side of tramper up there yeah yeah, I, I I I tell people I'm like uh, anybody's listening. If you want to go to Tremper, don't take the crappy trail on the uh, the southern side that really kills you. Take the Willow Creek Trail. It's a little bit longer, but it's smoother and it's beautiful. It just it. Oh man, I love uh, that trail. Yeah, there's a lot of nice mountain laurel along that trail too. In the, um, you know, in June when it's blooming and everything. Heck yeah, yeah. yeah so hike your local trails, and uh, yeah. Yeah, good stuff. Right, Sash? Heck yeah, the local trails, and uh, tonight we're going to be talking about bushwhacking, so our specialty. Yeah, yeah, one of my, I love it. Yeah, so um, Catskill News, um, there's volunteer opportunities with the Catskill Trail crew to uh, repair the Baldwin lean-to on Tremper Mountain. That's going to be a really good uh, little expedition that they have going on. You can spend the night there. You, of course, you got to be prepared and ready to spend the night. They're not going to supply those. Uh certain gear that you need for spending all night for you, but they will de definitely send you in the right direction. So I will post a link for that. Very cool opportunity to help out that lean to up there that needs some help because it's getting, it's getting old and it's getting worn down and that's an awesome place right below the fire tower. So you, yeah, you don't want to miss it. I was up there for the first Manitou was stationed up there. That was the last uh, aid station before they finished in uh in Phoenicia, it was quite beautiful weather in June. Couldn't could nice cool night. I remember being up in the fire tower, looking towards a plateau and seeing the little headlamps coming through down the side <laughs> of the runners. Yeah, that must Pretty have been cool. cool. That was very cool. Yeah, lots of fun. Yeah, that was uh probably those six seven years ago at least. Yeah. Oh wow! First the first one. First one. Oh, yeah. oh really? No, no way. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I was, <laughs> and I was up there with five women. I was the only guy. 
<laughs> I know they're all friends. <laughs> but, you, were, uh, you were an aid station? Yeah, yeah, yep. What'd you have to do? Um, When it came, you know, a lot of uh, soda. <laughs> you know, all kinds of, you know, like snacks and stuff for them. And, and whatever, they hung out for a little while. Nice. Um, yeah, the first guy got there in like early afternoon and he had 24 hours. And then the last guy got there, like, you know, probably like eight hours later that's how the huge spread between some of the runners and that's yeah. uh and that's route 23 over in Wyndham all the way to Phoenicia right yeah it's 54 miles wow unbelievable yeah, yeah I, I those guys are incredible they're insane so, that's all I you know, and they, they showed up there and they're like oh yeah hey three more miles you know no problem <laughs> like <laughs> no problem wow. <laughs> My back yeah. would be hurting when I get down freaking uh, uh, with Wyndham. I couldn't do half. My knees I couldn't do a quarter hurt. of that. No. Maybe at my best, I could do half, but not no more. That's for sure. I'm just lucky yeah. to go out and do a mountain. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. And then you go off and do three mountains for Hemlock and Spruce. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> John, whatever. <laughs> Don't talk smack. Coming down is the hard part, right, Sash? Oh God, it is. It is very. And and ask my friend John. He's 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 hates coming down mountains. Yeah, there's something about it. There's, there's a lot of pressure. I can, yeah, going up is nothing. Coming down is rough. Yep, yep. So also, Catskill news today. Did you see that uh that eighteen wheeler on Platte Clove that got stuck? Yeah, what's going on there, I man? I can't believe that. So I, I'm guessing. I'm guessing he. Uh, you know, I was I was reading about this. I'm guessing he uh, was just following his GPS system, and he realized right at the end when they shut the gate. You know, it's it's yeah. closed, so he had no way to back like back, back out. He tried to back up that person's driveway, which is paved and nice. Yeah. But exactly. Yep, jackknifed it because you couldn't you couldn't back up and turn so far because the the road is so close or so small and stuff. So I'll I'll have to I'll, I got a screenshot of it, so I'm going to post that on on Facebook and, and Instagram yeah. tomorrow. I, I've seen it. Yeah, he got up there. You know, the, that's because the gate is up the road a little ways. And you don't realize, and he got up so far he couldn't. You know, and then he was screwed. And it was a yeah. little icy up there this morning. I don't know oh, really? when exactly it happened, but. I heard it took him all day to get him out of there. Yep. And, you know, it's going to cost a, a lot of dollars to get the Dollar General truck out of there. <laughs> yeah. The funny thing is, you know, I guarantee if he kept going backwards instead of going up that guy's house driveway. He might have made it. He might have made it, but he, he made the, the the wrong decision of go up there and then, like, pulled out. And you couldn't, with an 18-wheeler, you can't make that turn at all that's a uh, hard not room there it's tough yeah so um i guess he called 911 and somebody's uh towing responded but they realized they couldn't do anything until they got a bigger uh tow truck available wow. yeah and tuesday 24 hours later the semi and trailer were finally freed um the driver received <laughs> four tickets from police for failing to abide by posted traffic control devices <laughs> Wow. Crazy stuff. Not a good day. Your friend Mike posted that. That's where I got the uh, Mike Farrell. Yeah, well, he lives like uh, three minutes from there. <laughs> oh, no way. Yeah. Oh, Ooh. yeah. He's very cool. Yeah, he has got a sweet little spot. 
Yeah, nice and close to the Devil's Path and a lot of fun. Crazy. Awesome. Yeah, yeah I, I had to mention that. I had to mention that. That's, that's big news in West Sorgerties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. Besides all, all the, the the local or the the people coming up and, and driving up that road and not realizing what's going on. But, yeah, that's a big thing. Yeah, summertime, that's like uh, it's like the uh, Pikes Peaks race right there. And yeah. also, you know, going up through Poundville, it's always, you know, it's like uh, it's a race. It's like during the summertime, it's crazy. Yep. Definitely. All right. So, John, how about we go into a Catsco Mountain history? All right. Do it. All right. So, to be honest, this is not Catsco Mountain history. It sort of is. But I pulled these. uh, Well, my friend Joe, you know Joe Ferry, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. He pulled these from um, some old newspapers about plane crashes in the Catskills. Well, it's one plane crash and uh, another one is actually a helicopter crash a lot of people don't know about yeah i never knew that either yeah so november 8th 1962 uh this was called in the catskill mountain news jet plane plunges on mountain ridge killing two flyers so two veteran pilots were killed instantly on november 8th 1962 when their air force jet trainer plunged apparently without warning into stickler ridge of peekamoose mountain 18 air miles from margaretville Rescuers had to climb more than two miles up the mountainside and were kept away by fierce flames more than two hours after the crash. The crash was reported by Mr. and Mrs. Floyd Van Wagenen, Wagenen, who heard a boom shortly after noon. Mr. Van Wagenen looked out his window and saw flames far up the mountain. While his wife called state police at Kingston, Mr. Van Wagenen started afoot towards the crash scene. The report was relayed by the Phoenicia substation and troopers Charles Bundeshaw, Weidman, Leon and Leon Dewinsky responded along with Constable Robert Greeny and game protector Bernstein. While trooper, the troopers and constable set up near Bull Run, Weidman and Dewinsky started up and radio contact walkie-talkies with the officers below. The record had also been spotted from Air Force rescue helicopter. They joined Mr. Manwagon at the crash scene about two hours later later, and radioed for extinguishers because they couldn't get closer to 100 yards to the flaming wreckage. Meanwhile, a Jeep trail had been located a mile by the site. By the time the extinguishers had arrived, there was little that could be done. Arthur Chip of Kerhonksum was also at the scene, but because of approaching darkness and remote area, the bodies could not be removed until Friday. They were taken out by members of the 24-man team from the headquarters field by helicopter. The Air Force identified the pilots as Lieutenant Colonel Carl Colson of Florida and Captain Russell Johansson of Palinville, Connecticut. Both were vet strand instructors stationed at Stewart Field near West Point. There was no radio contact prior to the crash, indicating that the T-33 jet had crashed without warning. It had taken off from Stewart about 17 minutes earlier on what was described as a local training mission. Crews of the Air Police guarded the wreckage Thursday night, aided by state police under the direction of Frank, Lieutenant Frank Dorr of Ferndale and Constable Greeny. The Air Force sent a board of examiners to the site the remains of the crash uh, in an effort to determine the crash. Air Force and civilian power wagons and jeeps were used to transport the ground rescue personnel to within a mile of the crash. The remains were carried by manpower through the rough terrain and to the trucks. 
the scene of the crash about 10 miles south of where another jet crashed in the Panther Mountain near Big Indian the night before Thanksgiving on 1957. Two flyers were also killed in that crash. Got one more, but what did that's a that's a crazy crash. That, I I wonder how fast they were going. Well, you know, they did used to do a lot of training over to the Shokan Reservoir. And I'm sure they were moving right along. Yeah, that was uh located near Van Wick. There's pretty good remains of that that high that, that crash, but you gotta know where you're going. Yeah, you talk the one on Van Wick? Yep, that's that's the crash yeah. they were talking about. Yeah. Right, yeah. I didn't know they called that. What was oh, that ridge? The that ridge, yeah. See, that's why I thought because I said the one up by Peak Moose, but I never heard it called that ridge either. Yeah, but Stickler it's, Ridge. It's that long ridge, and that's the lower one. I've been to that one before. Yeah, that's a that's a crazy spot. There's a good amount of it uh, left too. Yeah, that's a, a turbine jet jet engine uh, yeah. plane. Yep. T thirty three. Hold on. Uh, those T thirty threes were actually small. Yeah. What they could buck, they could throws, they could cruise. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He just lost control. They said, "I thought, which I thought, you know, and it happened real quick." And, and yeah, it's so crazy stuff. Also, so this next one was a crash that happened on Grand Mountain from a helicopter. I've until I was told by my friend Joe, uh, I've never knew known that a helicopter crashed in the Catskills. So yeah, so beginning another added part to that. I guess I didn't uh, include the the helicopter on top of Graham, so I'll I'll, I'll include that okay. later. But uh, yeah. a rescue helicopter from Stewart Air Force Base landed at the Big Indian last week, Thursday afternoon, after running low on fuel for the search of the jet plane and crashed. Uh-huh. It resumed the shirt search after refueling at John's service station near the end of the Big Indian Bridge. Where the heck is that, John's? John service station at the end of the big. Well, do I don't you, know. Do you think that's the the intersection of where you go up to uh, Olive Ray? Yeah, it could be because well, all those cars are right at the end of uh, forty Route forty seven. Yeah, right wow. Yeah, <laughs> that's wicked to to imagine. <laughs> um, yeah, well, helic- it's a pretty big area right there. They could probably land the helicopter there. Yeah, they moved some stuff. Yeah. The helicopter with its crew of five came down behind the station early afternoon while off course in the stretch. When advised by George Bettle that the gas pumps were out front, the pilot hopped his craft over the service station building and taxied to the pump. The machine took 71 gallons of low-grade gasoline. A large number of spectators gathered to which to watch its takeoff resume in the search about 2.45 p.m. Oh, that's crazy. Wow, that must have been a sight to see. Yeah, right. And that was in 1957 or no, wait, 19. What did I say? 1962. Okay. That's crazy. Yeah, 60 years ago. Wow. Crazy. So, you ready to get on to the guest of the night? Let's do it. Let's go. All right. So, my guest of the night tonight is John Fellows. And he has some crazy hiking stories in the Catskills. John is a crazy hiker. That's what I call him. And then I, I know of his stuff. Um, luckily, I met John on Facebook uh, a while back. And then, we, you know, we just talked and back and forth. And uh, we've hiked once or twice. Have we hiked twice? We've hiked a couple of times. I think the last time we hiked is when we did North Dome. And we yeah. met uh, Greg and Barbara up there. We actually did with Mike. Yeah. Mike yeah. That was good. That was a good one. But. John is a crazy off-trail adventurer, so we're going to hear some of his crazy stories. So, 
John, how you doing tonight? Pretty good, pretty good, Stash. Pretty good. Same. Same. So, John, why don't you just give a little tiny background about yourself, you know, where you lived, where you live now, and, you know, what got you into hiking? Well, I live here in Saurides right now, and I grew up here in Saurides my whole life, so I haven't really ventured too far out, you know, from where I'm living now. And, you know, I have been in business for 30 years for myself, uh, doing construction work right here what's in the your, what, What's the name of it? Uh, fellows construction. All right. If you're looking for something, fellows construction is there for you. So it work mostly in Sorry's Woodstock. I work up in Alvarea for my, and I'm very fortunate. I have a lot of great customers, clientele, friends, and, um, got into hiking. I mean, I've been out in the woods my whole life, but, you know, I hunted a lot, snowshoe with my father for snowshoe rabbits. And that's how I've always liked snowshoeing. Got into hiking seriously with my, some of my friends about 11, 12 years ago. And we started snowshoeing and then we got into doing the peaks and then we said, Hey, let's do the 35. Let's do the winter. We, um, and then a couple of us got into doing the grid. Did the grid, lots of fun. And then, uh, after that, you know, doing all those peaks, you know, he's got into bushwhacking. And I think that's probably like my favorite. I mean, I like hiking and all, but it's bushwhack is probably like favorite hiking experience just for you never know what you're going to find out there and the solitude you can get. I mean, I like seeing people and all, but sometimes it's really nice to go out even on a solo bushwhack by yourself. Agreed. Agreed. So you're a longtime Catskill native, eh? Oh yeah, my whole life. Yep. So good. Yeah, live. You know, I grew up on the river, but um, you know, I've always been out in the river. You know, I had my you know my fair share of boats and stuff like that. But uh, we still, I still have a boat. And, you know, I love going out there. But uh, the mountains probably my favorite for sure. Of course, they're right there to you, man. Yeah, I'm right. I'm right. You know, I leave. You know, I live in Saugerties, where it's close to the river, but. The mountains are very close. You know, yeah. some of the some of the drives are fairly long. You know, like go to Denning is like an hour and a half, but it's a nice ride. They can't complain at all. You know? definitely. Yeah. So, um, you you've been hiking for like quite some time. I mean, well, I mean, 2011 is still you know 12 years ago, but yeah. But still, what what is? Uh, I I got to admit, since I started hiking 2015, a lot of stuff has changed. I mean. Oh, no doubt. With you know, from when I started hiking a lot, within five years, it had to go up double, if not triple, the amount of people. And you know, you can't blame them. You can't blame people for wanting to be out. And you know, it, it just and and all and all, the trails are really kept pretty good around here. There's some silly things going on. People making fires and cutting trees down and stuff like that. I've came across. People hanging bottles, you know, I never found them, but, you know, on, even on bushwhacks off trail, people hanging bottles and funny stuff from trees and stuff like that. You know, like, there's no reason for that at Like all. ritual stuff, you think? <laughs> I don't know. It's just silly stuff. <laughs> and it could have been ritual. There was a, a you know, a, t- a stuffed bear with it, you know, some booze bottles and stuff hanging, you know, a hat. Yeah. But that, you know, that was off the Woodman Valley Trail, actually, when we were... Um, bushwhacking up uh, Wittenberg just uh, nice. not long nice. ago. 
that was a very nice bushwhack. We'll be found at, you know, about a quarter mile in off trail. And I'm like, oh, man. And I wanted to grab all this stuff, but like, you know, we were getting ready to go up there, but I'm sure it's still there. Someday I'll have to go back and get it. Oh, we'll go up and ex- examine to see what the heck they were doing up there. <laughs> yeah, they were camping. and just, I think they were camping and just got bored. And then said, you know, you find all kinds of stuff out there. You find tents, sleeping bags, butane, uh, canisters. Yeah. Those people don't know what they're doing. Yeah, I, I got to admit the uh the difference uh of what it was in 2015 let alone 2011 is significant and you know what like like you said i can't blame them i can't blame people you know i used to be like get the hell away from my mountains but i'm just like man these mountains are extraordinary and of course yeah it's, and it's you like know that everywhere the mass majority of the people are really really good out there yes yeah i always i always want to keep an open heart and say everybody's going to do right I mean, I never really found anybody like walked up on people doing stupid stuff. It's like, you know, one of these people cutting these trees down, one of these people having these fires. I did walk up on a fire up on Acker Point, and but there was no one there. And we're oh. like, oh my God, I walked over and the fire was into the roots. Yeah, you were the one that did that. I forgot about that. Yeah. And uh, me and Matthew Beer and some other, some of his friends, we called 911. And luckily, Officer Bergal was like a half mile down the trail. It was like a godsend. He came over, assessed the situation, but he had to go walk all the way down and get a water bag and a manix to come because he's like, the only way this is going to get put out is if you dig it out and put water on it. So, you know, that's a lot of work for that guy, just for someone being, you know, careless. Yeah. Wow. I forgot about that, man. Could have been really bad because the wind was blowing right up over the summit. It was blowing pretty good. Wow, I forgot about that one. Yeah, I took video of it. I, you know, it's, that was probably about five, six years ago. Yeah, you know, right during the fall, and the wind was howling. Yeah, you know, everything was pretty dry, but that was scary. <laughs> we were scared. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean. You know what? Like, like you said, I, I can't blame them for the views and, you know, for the experience to get out. Once you hit that, that trail for the first time and you, oh, you you're addicted. It, yeah, exactly. You, you don't have to even go up a peak, you know, you can just do something short three miles and just be in love. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, some of those, you know, those little short and sweet hikes are the best. Like Acro Point. Go up. Exactly. I mean, my wife and I sometimes will just take the dog up to make Halloween to back. Such a sweet little hike. Yep. It's freaking perfect. Yeah. Yep. So, John, what got you into these crazy ass bushwhacks? Well, being on a trail, so many doing a grid and all, you know, for primarily those are on trail and everything. You, know, you got some bushwhacks, you know, here and there. But I always like maps. And by looking at the maps, you know, you're looking at the ridges and stuff and you're saying, hmm, you know, that looks interesting. And, you know, where I always see the steep, you know, top of lines stacked together, I say to myself, <laughs> that's uh, interesting, you know, nice steep spots. And, uh, you know, you'll find some pretty cool spots when you go off the beaten path like that, you know. Um, so you do some good planning and preparing before this, I'm guessing. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely, you know, I, I look and stuff, but, you know, there's. When you're heading up and you got a big, 
you know, had walls staring you in the face. It's a little intimidating. And then you have people relying on you to you know, find a safe way up. And, uh, but you know, you just take your time. There's a shoot here and there. You just, but you may have to zigzag. You may come back. You may backtrack, but eventually you're going to find your way up. Yeah. You don't, you don't have to be a Philip Vondra and, and go up there in 15 seconds. No, those days are, I, you know, I wish I got into hiking quicker because I, you know, I, you know, I still really didn't, you know, I was in my forties when I started hiking or so. So, you know, I was always playing hockey and softball and volleyball, that kind of stuff. And, you know, the mountains were staring me to the face, but I, you know, I wish I experienced it younger, but, you know, it's great doing it now. So I just go slow. Nothing wrong with that, you know, with the floral and fauna. And there's a lot of bluestone quarries out there. We happen to stumble across. There's great finds out there. Yeah. And just going up there with your buddies hanging out on the ledge and, you know, looking back to where, you know, hey, man, we live down there, you know, 3,000 feet below where, you know, from where we are. It's pretty incredible. And I got to admit, you know, John, you're not a slow guy. I remember coming down from North Dome that one time and you, Greg, and Barbara were sprinting down that mountain. So don't bullshit me. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but that was a nice snow, soft snow. That was an old, you know, that's great. I wouldn't be running, running down the trail. I but, seriously uh, was like watching you guys, like, uh, uh-uh, uh, I ain't gonna fall and freaking hit my back and hurt myself. Oh, believe me, I think about it. You know, when you're going down here fast like that and you're catching something and and flying, but it's like, the, you know, it's yeah. there's nothing like it, Sash. I mean, it's snowshoeing is so. It's so nice. I love it because it's a lot easier on my knees, you know. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, and I'm I'm with you about you know I I'm a crazy guy, you know, like James Hobson. I look at the maps, I study the maps, and like like you as well. I'm just like, ooh, this looks like a fun approach. Let's yeah. check that out. Or you know, yeah. this might have a view. Let's check that out. But also, right. you know, you, me, James, and and other bushwhackers are fully prepared to battle these these areas and and to take on these areas with the utmost respect and the preparation that we have so we don't get into trouble oh for you have respect for nature as you're going along you're trying to take the path where you're not going to be tearing up the you know the ground too much i mean you know sometimes you you have to go a certain way but you know that's you're always worried about that and you know you want to be safe and everything for sure. Of course. You know, yeah. Never never afraid to break a rope out if needed. That's for sure. Exactly. And that's why we carry that stuff. for you Exactly. Know, you know, I've had people, you know, like when I go out in the summertime, they see the size of my pack and they, they say, oh, you're staying out overnight? And I'm like, no, I'm just doing a day pack. And they're like, well, your, your pack is awful huge for a day. And I'm like, well, you know, the hikes I do, <laughs> I need everything <laughs> I have in there. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. For sure. And speaking of the hikes you do, let's let's get into some uh some crazy hikes. So um I remember that you went up slides slide. So everybody yeah. that doesn't know Slide Mountain is called Slide Mountain because a slide happened almost from the summit all the way down to the Woodland Valley area and it's a massive slide. I mean, this isn't like the Adirondacks and Whites where you can still see the slide. Stuff has grown in over there, but Easily in the winter, you can see where that slide happened because of massive steep elevation. John took this uh, this tra- this this 
crazy bushwhack head on. I went up one time with James Hobson and we decided not to deal with it because of the ice. So we took up the John Burroughs route, but John took this straight on, which was insane uh, with a bunch of other people. So John, how about you tell me about that crap? <laughs> All right. Well, actually that hike was, was with James Hobson that we took. We had seven nice. of them. We had me, James Hobson, John Sasso, Tim Luby, John Barringer, Maddie Lonergan, and Johnny Winter, and myself. And we started out in uh, Woodland Valley. This was in September 20th, about 2020. And it was a nice, uh, cool morning, actually. It was uh, below freezing. Oh, wow. But it wasn't, yeah. And we all showed up with pants, and Luby shows up with shorts on and a t shirt. <laughs> and he's like, all right, let's go. So we all, we started heading up the trail, and then at about uh, 21 or 2,200 feet, we broke off trail to the right and headed down into the Woodland Valley, you know, a drainage. And uh, and previously, what I did on my GPS, and I just put little pins and I, all the way up from, you know, starting from where we were, broke off trail down, and I we disconnect the pins as I, we went along. And it worked out great. And, you know, we had a great time. We, you know, we were no, no, no rushing was going on. We were taking a lot of pictures, enjoying the scenery because it was a place we'd never been before. Got down into the drainage and, um, walking along this nice, you know, little stream there. And then to a certain point, we realized we had to make a right up to the, the drainage where the slide was, where the original slide, the slide drainage was. Started heading up there, and we came across a couple guys that were actually bear hunting. It was bear early bear season, <laughs> and we're like, "Oh, you know, never expecting to run into anyone up there." And we ran into a couple guys, and we're like, "Oh my god!" And I, you know, I felt bad, but I forgot it was bear season, and I was like, "You know, um, hunting hunting bear that in the season seems a little." little funny because it's usually pretty warm out but um we took you know we, we talked for a little bit and then we kept on ha heading up we were like blue lining um this was actually james hobson he's the one who actually you know wanted started thought about this hike so we were going you know and he knew i like i'm a wacko just like him so we continue up and following the, the stream and we're coming across some incredible rock formations some falls and stuff and uh, it was got some pretty steep areas. I remember cr crawling on my hands and knees for quite a while, <laughs> straight up. Um, hairy spots, thinking that the, the you know, the, the land was like, you know, got to slide on us a little bit, you know, like give away. But we all made it. And then, but at one point, uh, Luby, Tim went up one spot and a pretty good boulder gave way. Uh, he's, you know, scraped against his, uh, his knee and everything, his shin, and he got a little bit of a gash. Next thing you know, John Sasso had like a triage unit set up, like within seconds. <laughs> like, it's working out. I was like very impressed. John Sasso is like the ultimate, one of the ultimate hikers to me. The guy's a uh, pretty incredible dude. And uh, I think that surprised Luby. We were pretty far in. Thankfully, uh, you know, it wasn't too serious. Uh, that was a little scary, you know, because uh, 
it's just a big rock. Tim just happened to step on it and just gave away. So this goes to show you things can go awry real quick out there, no matter how careful you are. Yeah. And, um, you know, we kept going up and finally got to the area where the slide, the slide was in a, you could definitely see where the, you know, how everything was gave away because it was like different foliage in there, even though it happened a fairly long time ago. It was just a whole different look to the, to the trees and stuff in there. And we came across this, uh, spot where there was a big, huge wall, but there was a, quite a bit of moss growing on it and all these roots. And, uh, we actually went, had to go around that because it was kind of hairy going up. But when we went up, up and around it and came up on top, you could see that like this whole root mass was just like free floating and not even connected to the wow. stone. Yeah, it was like riding on a magic carpet. So, and it was quite a spot for a view, but you didn't want too many people on that spot all at one time. It was a little hairy. So th this is like kind of stuff I don't like tell my wife because she was like hearing this. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's hope she doesn't listen to the by podcast. <laughs> no, she's in the other room. Hopefully she's watching TV. But uh, that was uh, pretty incredible. And. You know, and then up above there, it gets pretty thick, but it's not impenetrable thick. Yep. And um, we made it to the summit, and it was a beautiful day. And uh, we all just hung out and uh, relished on what we just accomplished. And then, you know, we finished up on, you know, we spotted cars down in Denick, you know, on, you know, Route 47 down at the Slide Mountain, uh, the, the trailhead down there. So it was like overall about seven-mile hike. But it was probably one of the most incredible bushwhacks. We even we always talk about doing it again. I mean, I would like to go up there in the springtime. Be yeah. Pretty incredible. You know, with the leaves off. There was, you know, there was still quite a bit of foliage when we did it, but it would be nice to go up there and see it without any foliage on it. I think it would be even more incredible. Yeah. So I remember when we were, were searching for a plane crash. I took that, well, I, I took a certain route around the bowl and stuff like that. And mm -hmm. I got to admit, well, this, this was, this was summer. So things were thick. There was a lot of, uh, a lot of thick cover, you know, trees had leaves and stuff. John, my buddy, John Buttle was, was dying on there and stuff. Like he was not having a good time, but I remember <laughs> that being slick as heck, like moss everywhere. It was crazy. Oh yeah. 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 That's that side holds a lot of snow over there because it's, you know, it's the way it's facing. Yep. Um, and it's, uh, it's, it's wild country back up in there, boy. That's steep. That's yeah. Something. It's crazy that John, John Burroughs descended from slide on the slide, descended during the rain. Yeah. Well, he must've been in some shape, that guy. Well, he was an old <laughs> dude that, that ripped it up and just loved the Catskills. So he, he killed that. He might've so. been one of those levitation guys, you know? Right, like you never know. You might just, uh, you know, another level. Yeah, so awesome story. Yeah. Um. So, you and I are are crazy ones from the moon hall. Like, um, you and I both went up the same ridge going up to Cornell Mountain. Correct. Yep. Yeah, I've been all through the up in there. I love the moon hall. Yeah. So going up that ridge, you want to explain some of that? I mean, I know I already know what you're talking about, but a lot of the viewers would love to, a lot of listeners would love to hear your your story of going up through there. All right. Well, I'll tell you about the one, the most faint, one of my more memorable ones was when uh, 
myself, Greg Calabresi, and uh, John Barringer went up there. It was on July 5th. Uh, it had to be probably about five years ago. So we head into the you know the Moon Hall, find that ridge right at the bottom, which is a, it's a very long ridge, and then right at the bottom there's like an old logging road, which will take you quite a ways up before it peters out. And um, it's a very nice ridge. It's a hot, look fairly skinny, and uh, a lot of bear up there. Which on the way up, we've seen a lot of rocks that were turned over from bear. Um, looking for food and stuff. And um, you start heading up. And as you gain elevation, you start running into some, quite a few blowdowns, some really thick, thick blow blowdowns. Like, I mean, we had to do some weaving and bobbing up and down. And it was pretty, almost wish you had like spikes, logging spikes on for, for, for climbing over some of this stuff. Yeah. And, uh, a lot I of ducking great, underneath, a lot of bending, a lot oh, of yoga stuff. Yeah. You're getting pricked. And it was definitely a bloodbath. And I remember I took a picture of Greg Calabresi as I was up above him, and he was down below, and all I see is little, his little head was sticking up. <laughs> <laughs> like a little mole. Yep. <laughs> and uh, then they get up higher to this one spot where the winds must have just hammered the sledge and it like peeled everything back. There was like, you know, trees on the sledge, but you can tell that the, the fierce winds just blew everything right clean. And then you, so you're standing on that ledge. Maybe it's like maybe a little bit more than halfway up to Cornell actually. So, and then you're looking over at Friday and that's where you can get the great view of Friday's slide. And that's like, wow, you see that? Because you, you can definitely see how the slide area is like a totally different type of tree or vegetation compared to everything else. You got the side hill, and then you got the long slide on Friday, and then you got a totally different, like, green color. We were up there, it was, you know, July, so everything was all, you know, all and leaves were out really well. And then, uh, say, wow, someday I'm going to go over there. But, uh, you know, so that's a great spot right there hanging on that ridge. I remember, like, right after that, that, that outcropping, there was, like, a little tiny patch of these little itty-bitty Christmas trees that are probably in, like, seven, eight years. If they survive the wind, they're going to be just, like, perfect little Christmas trees because there was, like, you know, the wind knocked so many bigger trees down to just create a nice little opening. That's where, you know, you see you lost some big trees, but you got to gain all these beautiful little trees. And eventually someday that'll be all nice. If you know how many survive, it's going to be beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a special ridge going up there. But, you know, as you go up, you run into some ridges that are just like ledges, you know, like, wow, man. So, yeah, and that's another thing where you got to work left or right. And you got these ridges that are probably like 30 feet tall, 100 foot long or so. And then like, you got to go around finding a spot that, you know, that's just great stuff. I mean, it's like, to me, that's the, awesome. The okay. unexpected. Yeah. And you never know what you find, like little caves and stuff. And then like some of those caves, you, you, you know, you poke your head in there, you, you're waiting for something to pop out. Like the elusive mountain lion, like, you know, show up and hopefully <laughs> I get a picture, a clear picture of them, you know, you won't never, never. It, it, it's, it's too quick. You'll get a blurry picture. 
you have to have the slow-mo. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like, yeah, uh, that, that ridge is a special ridge. You got yeah. further up, it gets dicier and dicier. Yeah, and you get the cloud cliff on that side, right? And you get a great view of Peak Moose and Table from up there. It's a phenomenal view. One of the best. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's special. Like and you say to yourself, not many people get to see this view. And that's what's another thing. It's like it's it's and you know, you can get up there if you if you're on trail and you know enough. It's not really if you push back off trail to that spot, it's not that bad, really. No. It's it's better than taking the ridge up. I mean, you know, most people wouldn't wouldn't even want to go deal what we deal with on some of our bushwhacks because there are spots that are just like, you know, you have to push even to go downhill. That's yeah. how thick it is sometimes. <laughs> and like you're like, what am I doing here? But then you know, and all in all, next thing you know, you're in a nice little clearing and enjoying a nice view that not many people see. It's great. But, exactly. So I, I I did that with James Hobson one time. Um, yeah, and we we what what our our plan was is James found a view on one of the sides of of Wittenberg, but when we were going up, we were kind of like you know this looks a little too dicey from you mm -hmm. know satellite view and from you know uh, the the topo maps, and so we we got up like you said there's a little road that goes up there and then it gets to like a flat spot with all these amazing ledge rocks just massive rocks and then it's done like it's just like right there they decided like hey we're not going to build this road anymore <laughs> hunters were probably using that road to get up there to hunt bear and stuff and then you know that's it that's plenty far enough up there yeah yeah and then once you get up to that spot that's when you start hitting the fun and it starts getting ledges after ledges after ledges. And you're just yeah. like, man, this is some wicked shit. I and it's thick in between too. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. There was, there was a picture I took of James, like you said, where <laughs> he was probably 10 feet ahead of me and luckily he had his hunter's hat on. So it was a big orange hat. And that's all you could see was a little, little tiny outcrop of his hat. The hoppy. He knows how to get through there though. Oh, God, he is. I, I, I seriously, don't understand how he can like he is an encyclopedia of the Catskills and the Adirondacks. It's insane. Well, we're damn lucky we have those guys like Ralph Rondak and uh Jim Bowden, Rob Stewart. Those guys uh are great, man. God, if you don't damn know legends. Something, just call them up and they'll 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 let you know. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. But that was one of my most memorable hikes, just like you, like just Battling the ledges, the blowdown, um, you know, just taking on that that unknowing of what we were gonna do was just mind blowing. And you know, to anybody who's who's listening, you know, once again, you gotta know what you're doing to do this because we were using GPS, we were using map and compass, you know, we had all the gear, all the right survival gear, you know, we had anything that would, would help us because we knew what we were getting we knew we were getting in the middle of goddamn nowhere right and there's also that little slide there on cornell too which is a nice little definitely little <laughs> let's not talk about that one let's let's keep that a little bit to ourselves yeah okay yeah. we uh, we both know about that one it's a good place yeah so john another uh story i always like to to hear from you uh is your bushwhack up older bark now, I've never done that before, and I I, I kind of want to do it, but 
from your reports and stuff like that, I really do not want to do it because of how crazy it is. Oh, it's fine, Stash. It's uh no worse than Van Wick. I mean, Van oh. Wick steep for a little while, but Oldebark, you know, I I've been up there what three or three or four times, and you know, I, I what I did the first time I I did it actually, I did it with uh. A couple of my friends, um, Dave Krein, who's not really a, too much. He's a big hiker, but he's not like he used to be. Um, and John Barringer. We, so we started up there and I called this hike Circle the Mink, where we started Mink Hollow there in, uh, Woodstock. And basically you can go right from the trailhead. If you take a bearing towards, um, Oldebark and you can start right from there and it's all, you know, it's, you go right up through the woods. It's actually a nice walk up through there. Lots of mountain laurel. It's a little marshy at first, and it's a total bushwhack. But there is some logging roads up there, some old logging roads. And um, there's a spot right before, you know, start heading up the mountain and everything. There's a spot where some people put, like, old, uh, you know, old, like, antique stuff, like, in trees. And it's, you know, grown into trees and stuff like that, which is sort oh, wow. of, you know. Yeah, a little, you know, stuff that happened uh, like a long, long time ago from people just messing around and, and stuff up there. So, but so as you start going up and, you know, it gets pretty steep. There's some big, le- you know, some big rocks up there. Not really many ledges, but it's a steep hike. If you look at the top of the map, um, it's pretty steep. And as you go up, there's a couple of views that open up, Look, you know, looking out towards Overlook. You know, in that, in that direction. At first, you know, we were up there, it was December, uh, like 23rd, but there was barely any snow. So the, the views were pretty nice. And, but we wore spikes and everything. The summit is a nice, uh, it's, uh, you know, um, a lot of pines, but it's not too thick up there. There's spots where it's even like a little bit of some nice fern glades. It's fairly open in spots, but. The backside of Ola Bark, you can run into some uh, private property, so it really don't go over that that way. But the summit, you know, it's, it's fairly large summit. But we, you know, we hung out and we took some pictures and everything, and then made our way down into Coal, and then started heading up um, the ridge going towards P- Plateau, which is a, during the winter. It's a it's a nice snowshoe when there's you know some snow and everything. But summer, there's a lot of hobble bush because we, Maddie and Lauren did a, and I did that. But we started from Elka Park this summer. We went over and finished in Mankato. Now that was a uh, summertime. It's a different story, but you know, Older Bark is a pretty cool mountain. When I we used to hunt in Mankato and sitting, and where I used to sit on my mountain, I was always staring at Older Bark. And I'm saying to myself, that's all, oh, that's a pretty cool mountain. Looks, you know, looks, I could tell it was pretty steep, the side it was facing towards me. And, uh, this was interesting. It's, you know, and being in Woodstock all the time, I've always seen it. It's always nice. You know, it's just under, it's not quite, I think it's like 3,400. You know, it's, it's a fairly high mountain. It's not quite 35. And if it was, I don't know, if, I think it's far enough to weigh. If it was 35, it'd be considered another peak. Yeah. I think it's far enough away from Plateau. Now, I've, I've heard stories of how thick that is up there. I thought it was crazy thick. 
Well, going towards, once you get on the ridge, going towards Plateau and getting towards Plateau, it gets pretty thick. But the summer up there, it was a lot of hobble bush. But this summer, it was so dry when we were up there. It was, uh, I think it was either late July or early September. A lot of leaves were starting to fall because it was dry. Very dry. It was like a lot of leaves were starting to fall off the trees already. But the hobble bush and everything, it was, uh, you it's know. The worst. <laughs> yeah. I don't like hobble bush too much. No, I mean, no, that's, that's not it's fun. not as bad as like a laurel and all, but yeah, I'll even take nettles over hobble bush. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'll agree. Now with older bark, is that one of the hundred highest? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Did you did you do that too with the hundred highest or no? Nope. No. Yeah. And I stuck to the grid and I'm even working on my second second one and everything. I'm not pursuing the second grid. What grid number are you? What number? Uh thirty six or thirty seven, something like nice. that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, That's John Barringer, we both finished on the same day. And then my other friend, Andy Vanderpool, who, who, who I grew up with, he finished the following month. And we're all finished on Wesco app, actually. It was, we had a great time. Yeah. Nice. Now, that ridge going up to Plateau, is it, it does it get steep as the, the trail does, or is it actually not that bad? Nope, not that bad. And the last time... Uh, Matt, well, Maddie and I, when we were on Plateau going towards Old Bark, we found an old uh, hunting camp up there. I just, we were walking along in the the ridge, and I happened, you know, whenever I see an opening through the woods, I was like, oh, let's go look over there. So Hell yeah. You went over there, and I was, I walked into the opening, and I remember seeing this piece of blues, and I'm like, wow, that's pretty weird how it like, went from one stone out to this like other stone. And I'm like, so I looked back and it was all like someone laid this stone up, you know, like they did like a stone foundation. And then I looked down inside this like little crevice and there was like the remnants of an old wood stove, a uh, couple hand saws. So someone was, you know, it was pretty high up to be a hunting camp, but it, you know, it was one hell of a spot, you know, one, you know, unless they just hung out there, you know, for this, you know, and it was just camped up there a little bit, but it was a pretty cool spot for sure. Now, was it with those old iron wood stoves? Nope. They were like a a 35-gallon drum. Oh, okay. Yeah, and there was a bunch of pipe up there. That's like I found, found, you know, maybe four or five of those, you know, around the caskets over the years. Yeah, I found a lot of uh, the actual iron wood stoves that somebody brought up there, and I'm just like, these guys are psychos. Yeah. (laughs) They usually bring them up in pieces. Yeah, over on uh, uh, on one of the sides of Panther Mountain, I actually found one of those. It's actually not far off trail, and I was just like, "You got to be kidding me!" Yeah, they're hunters. They're you know, dedicated. They, 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 yep, they take the trail up so far, and then they break off a little bit. They make a camp. We found a real nice one just last year, coming off Diamond Notch. You know, off Westkill, coming down the oh, Diamond yeah. Notch, right into the apex. And that's steep in there. And uh, I've been through there a bunch of times. And I and I even looked at some of my court, previous courses. And I, I walked right by it, never seen it, probably like three or four times. And this, uh, I was there with Mike Farrell and Matty Lonergan. We're coming down a real steep ravine. I just happened to look over and I look up and I see this old two by four. You know, like, just like a two by four. I'm like, what the heck? So I walk over there and then there's 
all this beautiful stone. Someone took time, laid up like a little stone foundation. You go in there, there was like a remnants of an old wood stove, you know, like stove. They had like a little bench, you know, but everything, you know, it looked like it hasn't been used in many, many years, but it's still, you know, Catskill Relic is great. Yep. I really don't like, I don't like saying where they are and everything, but you know, look how many, I, I had to go by there five times before I seen it. Exactly. You know, I've, I've, I've probably, you know, to admit at least probably five or six of those that I've seen around old hunting camps that I don't know if they're still used, but you know, it's pretty cool to to think, you know, on the freaking Western side of Friday mountain that hunters used to stay up there. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I'm just yeah, like these go, guys, go freaking psychos. Go up to never sink for, for a week or for the whole hunting season, just you know, disappear up in there. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm just like, these guys are, are psychos, you know, they're at like 3,400 feet and like below ledges and everything, but they found the perfect little hunting hike, like the hunting campground. And I'm just like, this yeah. is massive. This is crazy stuff. Yeah. I, I found a really another cool spot coming down uh, Rocky and I had, I never really went back looking for it. And uh, I even talked to Jim Bouton about it. But this was when I come down off Rocky, getting into the Never Sink. We were falling a drainage down. It was getting into all these big, huge blowdowns of these hemlocks. And all of a sudden, I look, and here's like one of those metal sheds you know you used to see out in someone's yard. We used to keep the lawnmowers. Yep. Why <laughs> like three and a half miles up in there? Yeah. In this like sweet little spot with all these nice hemlocks and a bunch of fifty-five gallon drums that had to be like. 12 of them wow. up in there. Yep. But, you know, a bit like a tree fell on, you know, was, you know, fell part, part of it fell on top of that shed and everything. So it was demolished. Yeah. But, you know, someone took the time to bring all that stuff up in there. Yeah. I'll have to, I'll have to show you the spot on Panther I found because it's, it's, it's crazy where it is. Yeah. Oh, I love those spots. You know, just going there, you never, you know, you just like sitting there and wonder, you know, like, this stuff is just like lost in time, you know. It's yep. pretty cool, and that's that's the beauty of of bushwhacking is the unknown. That you're just like, wait a minute, like what you do. I I, I do the same thing. I'm like, hmm, what's over here? What could be over here? And then you you yeah. stumble upon, you know, maybe a viewpoint that's nobody's ever been to, or exactly or something along those lines. And then you find remnants of old, you know just stuff like you know we've been up through the woodland valley going up to slide when james and i saw it and we found you know two or three at least some uh old iron like wood wood uh, stoves and it's just like what the hell man how are these psychos getting us up here uh-huh lots of people yeah that's but you gotta also rem- remember that that the catskills used to be like wooded like terror like they, they used to be almost bare yeah, and they also probably had, you know, horses and mules and oxen and, you know, it's, you know, they could, that stuff was probably brought up there because as, you know, they were working up there. So they needed, you know, they probably had little shelters that de- decayed over the years and everything and all left is the stove because nothing's going to wear that away. That's true. That's true. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. So, John, uh, while you're doing these crazy bushwhacks, have you ever been on a, like, have you ever had any close calls where you're like, no, crap, this might be a rescue time, but you pulled yourself out? Um, 
I mean, I slipped in, you know, I never really fallen like real far or anything like that. The only time I say I, when I needed help from like a, is when my heart went, believe it or not, went into AFib when I was hiking with some friends. And all of a sudden I just started feeling funny and I passed out for a minute. And, uh, yeah, that wow. was, uh, my scariest moment. Yep. But that was probably like, you know, a couple hundred peaks ago. So. <laughs> <laughs> what, what was that on that was actually we were going up to Carrisco High Peak for my friend's finish six of us and uh, we were about a mile in and I was walking and I just uh, I could feel something wasn't right with myself and I you know like all of a sudden then I couldn't like my my vision went a little bit like you know like and then uh, I, I I told my I told my friend John because I was like I said John I'm not feeling right and all of a sudden he said I just you know I fainted came oh, wow. came back yep they called nine one one I woke up um yeah then I went up to see Pete's and had uh I actually have a defibrillator in my chest because of it yeah so just wow. so if it ever again yeah so that's you know I always worry about that but I can't let it stop me. I mean, right. um, the same thing with, with my back, you know, I had the, I had the problem with my back, you know, I was just like the first thing I asked from my doctor, I was like, am I going to be able to hike again? And he's just like, well, right. with, with a small pack. And I'm just like, you know, I'm a, I'm, I'm a, I'm a volunteer, you know, I need, I'm a certain volunteer that, that needs right. to, to have a big pack. And he's just like, well, I'm just like, all right, never mind. I'll, I'll figure something out. <laughs> yeah. I remember when you were down and out laying on your back. For for a while, I felt bad for you. Yeah, yeah. but you know, I'd I'd take my back over my my heart doing that like you had. Yeah, it's a little scary. You know, I always thought I was in great shape, but you know, it's hereditary. Um, it's sad. You know, uh, I mean, I f- I feel great and everything. Um, even when before any of this stuff happened, I felt I felt good. You know, I mean, I played hockey for years and. But, you know, like you said, hereditary, my great-grandfather died at 35 from heart stuff. So, uh, wow. I'm, I just turned 58. Congratulations. So, I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, yes, my friend, I go up I go up the mountains pretty good. You know, I'm not huffing and puffing. Usually, usually I'm in the lead, so. I call bullshit when we went up North Dome and Cheryl, you were, you, you were huffing. I was in the end and I was just like, my God, these guys are psychos. Well, I, yeah, I, you know, I got to take my time at first, but then I usually get going pretty good. I mean, yeah, I love, I love breaking trail snowshoeing. Yeah. That's probably like my favorite. Yeah. I love it. (laughs) Yeah. I remember when we did North Dome and Cheryl and uh, when we met Greg up there, which was like the totally unexpected, which was cool. Yeah, wasn't that? That was great. Wasn't what a day, too. Beautiful. Yeah. But I remember those people passing through when we summited and there was like like 15 of them and they didn't even sign in the canister. They just walked by and kind of like asked where Cheryl was. And we were like, "Uh, it's it's over that way. And they just nodded and walked away. We're like, all right, that was a little different. Yeah. Yeah, you meet all kinds of there you know those good times definitely john i i got some de- destinations that i need to show you and uh i'll definitely show you after this uh this this yeah. podcast that we have but no, no doubt buddy excellent yeah. um so also let's we're, we're wrapping it up uh you are a local uh native to the catskills so um my friend mary teacher 
suggested this so we can get some exposure to businesses and stuff like that. So post hike brews and bites, where do you go for something to eat that one of your favorite places, something to eat or drink after you hike? Well, Brio's of course, Phoenicia. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Which did you hear is uh being is, is on the market, right? Oh, really? Yeah, Brio? it's on the market for like five million dollars. Oh well, that will be on the market for a while. I have a, I have a feeling then. Yeah, for five mil. You know, and I go to Pancho Villas quite a bit up in Tannersville. Oh you yes. Been there? No, I haven't. Oh, I love going to Oscar and Ponce Villa's great. And that's Mexican yeah. food, right? Yeah. Oh, yep. God, I, I, I got to I gotta go. I got to go there. <laughs> yeah, I try to get out of town usually on for, for dinner and stuff. Any get any other place? <laughs> One more place. What about a local around well, Socrates and, and a little bit south or west, east? Jesus. Well, east and Socrates. Well, I... I know Marty's well over by the reservoir. I like Marty's Mercantile. I don't know if you know that over there. But no. it's like before you go over, it's like on the way over to Peekamoose. It's a awesome. little tiny eatery place over there. Yeah, sweet. Well, that's that's good. I gotta get get over that way. Yeah, I know that's quite a ride for you. Those. How long does it take you to get here? Probably like an hour, an hour or so. So to to probably uh, Socrates will be like an hour a half hour 45 minutes okay going if i if i have to if i that's going down plat clove but if i have to go uh like 23a 23 that'll add a little bit more but i don't mind i don't mind at all trust me flying through those those beautiful mountains circle w is always one of my favorites too oh uh is that the gas station right no circle w is a nice little eatery in palinville right at the base of the mountain nice I will tag yeah. all these people and I will put them in the show notes. Yeah, they're very good there. So, all right, John. Well, well, thank you for joining me tonight. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you very much. Always a pleasure. I always love hearing your stories, man. I always love seeing your stories on Facebook, and uh, we we need to get out. Uh, definitely, maybe yeah. maybe this Sunday. Sooner and later, I'm definitely going somewhere Sunday. Okay, let's let's think of a spot. Yeah, I think I'm supposed to go somewhere with Greg and Barbara. Somewhere. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right, you know, keep me posted. Yeah, yeah. Um, so thank you to the monthly supporters. Really appreciate it. Thank you to Outdoor Chronicles Photography for sponsoring the show. Thank you, everyone who has given me a coffee and uh, still listening to the show. I really appreciate it. 64 episodes in. We just hit, I forgot to say, just hit 25,000 listens. I can't believe that. It's crazy. Something I'd never think would happen. So. I really appreciate you're doing it right, Dash. Hey, and you I, love I, the mountains. Exactly. And it's all about, you know, like the community and stuff like that, making this a better place. That's why I did this. Yeah. I wanted to make the Catskills a better place and make it a little uh bit more tolerable than the Adirondacks. Right. Yeah, thanks for your uh SAR SAR, you know, uh volunteer work too. That's great, man. It's awesome. Anytime, anytime. So excellent, John. Have a good night and uh let's get together soon. All right, yes, you too, man. Have a good night. You too. See you out there. Yeah. Okay, bud. Thank you. Hey, guys, I just want to thank you for listening to the show. If you enjoyed the show, subscribe and throw down a smooth review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, 
or any podcast platform that you use. You can also check daily updates of the podcast, hikes, hiking memes, and local news on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and the official website of the show. Remember this, you just keep on living, man. L-I-V-I-N. Wicked, 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 wicked.